0: The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG and will have you feeling as good as I've been because their CBD infused coffee helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. Plus there are zero coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day like I typically do. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. Please support them because they've been supporting us for years, do so with code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And as always, once a week, we've got our main man, Drew Goodman. How's it going, Drew?
1: Uh, good. You're going to have to indulge me from, uh, from a car today, but I'm not driving. It's not, you know, it's not, hey, look, my old hands. Uh, I'm not driving. I'm parked, but I'm, uh, I'm in a car 2,000 miles from you.
0: All right, so if I do the math, you could possibly be uh, Winnipeg. No, that that would make uh, sense.
1: Yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah, I think Winnipeg's seventeen hundred miles. So I'm um, not too i I'm not two thousand miles to the west of you. That would put me uh, firmly in the middle of the Pacific.
0: Okay. All right. So we're getting closer. We're narrowing it down. I'm thinking you're, you probably head back home on the East Coast. You. You had to get some pizza, you had to get some bagels. Are are you big big pizza and bagel guy? Uh you,
1: you know what Patrick, I grew up loving pizza and bagels. You got to have uh you got to have a slice of rays when you're in New York. I got to have, you know, the obligatory bagel, but I'm a lot like you except I don't run quite as far as you run. You know, you roll out of bed and you run 75 miles. I don't quite go that far, but I do try to watch what I eat, but when when in New York, you know, I got to get my Italian fix. I got to get the, uh, you know, the you B and H Bagels on eighty eighth and Broadway, so um, you know I, I I have to I have to run a few extra miles when I'm back, back home. A couple extra laps around around Central
0: Park. I mean that's it, it's to be understood, of course. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be coming back to Colorado with with too many extra pounds. I mean we know they charge you for the luggage on the airline, so you know they they might start doing it for just for your seat as well coming back from all the pizza and bagels.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That'll be a day, right? Uh incentivize everybody to be spelter, right? If they if they start charging by the LB.
0: Very true. Could could happen at some point. And one thing that we hope doesn't happen, but it's probably where we should start off. A associated press report came out on Monday about a potential work stoppage, essentially all but set for December second, for when the current CBA expires. It's it's been this thing that's been lurking right around the corner for you know this entire year and we'll see if it if it actually happens but are are you concerned do you think this we might be headed this way here with a little bit more than a month to go
1: i i i actually think to be honest with you um the language that is used has been used in those reports is, is misleading initially and here's why i say that Every, you know, I read the same reports you did. There's going to be a work stoppage. There's not anyone I talked to in baseball from a management standpoint on the occasion that I would bring this up and say, "Hey, what's it look like for uh, you know the CBA? And most everyone believed that there, you know December first, when the old collective bargaining agreement would end, that there's no way they would have one completed uh by december 1st right so in essence then you have to lock out the players and so they can't go to the facilities to lift and work out there are no games in december there are no games in january and and now half of february there's no games that's when players start to report in terms of officially with with, uh, as we know, pitchers and catchers in mid February or so, and then the games late February and throughout March. There's a big difference between December 1st and say, hey, on, you know, February 15th, they say, listen, players are not going to report because we still haven't come to an agreement. And now they have to alter the schedule. Now there's going to be less spring training and potentially it's going to impact the start of the season. That's completely different than on December 1st. They're, they're, they're not, they don't have an agreement and there's going to be a lockout. So the guy, you know, your favorite player is not lifting weights at his facility, which is close by. He's going to, uh, you know, the local 24 hour fitness or lifetime or wherever else. There's a big difference. Now um, I, I don't think this is unexpected at all. Um, I, I will be, Uh, far more concerned if you and I are having this conversation in early February.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction because there's not a lot of work that is going on as far as ballplayers go in December, right? If if we're even at December 15th, there's no new collective bargaining agreement. Well, you know, instead of us talking about free agent signings and who's going to trade what, there's just kind of, uh, avoid there and and we're talking about the cba and the negotiations going back and forth but otherwise all the stuff behind the scenes are still going on like you said players are still getting their workouts they may even be working out at the facilities uh, at wherever they 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 may do their spring training at so sure it's it's a one it's a word to describe it right work stoppage but typical work is still going on behind the scenes uh like normal so it's we're not losing any games right um you know the winter leagues are are still going on still being played they're not under the CBA so you know we'll still have some baseball to to keep an eye on from afar if you will so yeah it might be not that it's much to do about nothing it it could be misleading you're right that a work stoppage doesn't yeah. mean the whole baseball world shuts down and oh my god what are we going to do in the middle of December because nothing happens in the middle of
1: December anyway no i mean listen there i don't want i also don't want to I don't want to sound an alarm, but I also don't want to um, make it seem like there is no concern. There's great concern and it does impact other things because if it starts to wander into, uh, you know, late January, free agency window, because you can't sign free agents if you don't have a, a, a collective bargaining agreement, right? So that window gets constricted quite a bit. And it impacts player movement. There are, you know, a lot of issues up for debate, et cetera. The one thing that both sides, while they stick to their guns and negotiate, uh, hopefully in good faith, but, you know, negotiate from a, you know, a tough standpoint. I mean, when you negotiate, you don't want to give, you don't want to give, you want to give. Ultimately, both sides are going to have to give. They have to be mindful overall that if there is a work, true work stoppage where on April 1st, the Phillies aren't playing the Mets, the Rockies aren't playing the Dodgers, the, you know, the Tigers aren't playing the, the, the Cleveland uh, baseball team. Guess what? Now that's a problem. It was always a problem. It will be the greatest problem for baseball, given where they are on the landscape. Given what the world has gone through over the last couple of years, that if you don't show up for work and you're having trouble again splitting up, you know, $10 billion or whatever the grand total is now that baseball revenue is somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, shame on you, they're not going to get any sort of, um, you know, conciliatory thoughts and feelings. From the uh, from the fan base of, of people even the most ardent baseball fan they're gonna they're gonna be like, hey I'm done with you you can't go there plus you're trying you're trying to get a whole new generation or a couple generations of baseball fans you start missing games they'll find other things to do and they won't come back. so they have to be aware of that and I in talking to people on both sides, uh, again, it's not like I've done exhaustive research and, and a, a ton of interviews, but I've talked to people in the know and, and they both realize that now you, you have to have the people that are negotiating come together and, and also realize that um, while they're bargaining, uh, you know, in, in a strident fashion, they have to be aware you cannot, you cannot miss games, cannot miss games. We haven't had any, anything like this, a work
0: stoppage or, or lost games uh, in a typical season since 94, 95. So we're going on 26, 27 years. And it may sound strange to to say it, but, you know, the pandemic in a weird way may help this situation work itself out because you're right, you know, baseball can't afford to, to lose any fans or to lose its audience in any capacity. But now I think it looks, you know, even worse it, potentially if there were those games that got you know, that that are missed, you know, or even if spring training, you know, is delayed because that that would hurt those communities down in Arizona, in Florida. But with everything going on in the world right now, to be squabbling over, you know, this amount of money, I think would be a really bad look. And so maybe that actually, you know, uh, provides a little more impetus for the two sides to come together where maybe they they might try to push the envelope a little bit. Now, you know, they, they realize that They've they've got to make this work during this time in, in, in the weird weird world that we live in today.
1: Yeah, I, you'd almost like to have uh, an independent, uh, you know, an independent uh, arbitrator or, or several independent arbiters and say, okay, you know, you present your argument, um, this group presents, you know, the other side presents their arguments, and, and and you you try to have somebody help them, you know, reach a happy medium, uh, because I think too often in past, uh, the people in the room, it would become so adversarial, at least reportedly, that nothing could get done. And and as as important as the issues are, uh, equally as important are are the people that that are arguing from each side. And they have to have a a, a willingness uh, to have a give and take and to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to give on this particular point. um, and, And hopefully, the other side will give on a point, and that's how you you know you reach an agreement. But I, you know, your overall initial thought. I'm not pushing a panic button here, uh, you know, the latter days of, of October. Uh, but you know, when you and I revisit this, Patrick, which we will I'm sure several times before, you know, well before obviously the start of spring training is on the calendar. You know, if we're if we're in late in January and we're still in this, in this situation, I will have tremendous concern. And it'll be disappointing as well. And I'm not pointing a finger at either side because there'll be, there'll probably be blame on both sides as there were last summer, man. I said that both sides deserve blame. The fact that they couldn't come together in the middle of a pandemic.
0: Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens if the, the winter meetings will get canceled, which, you know, could be the first possible indicator. I mean, again, everything with the pandemic going on, in and of itself, you know, it might not be a, a great look to, to have thousands of people descending upon a, a single hotel to, to do business and whatnot. And so that might happen before, you know, the, the CBA expires. These, this is just all the minutia that goes into it. So we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. If there's no winter meetings, that, again,
1: that won't be the end of the world either. No, but, but, but again, Patrick, you're right. It won't be the end of the world. However, it's just like the, the NFL draft gives that sport a lot of momentum going into the summer. Um, you know, late April, the NFL draft, and you're excited about who my team take in the first round. You know, oh, they took a flyer on that guy in the third round. Man, I remember watching him, you know, play for LSU. He has a chance to be a great player. And then you kind of forget about it, and then camp's open, and the conversation gets going again. Well, the same thing, you know, baseball's equivalent it is the free agent uh, class each winter, right? and this free agent class is robust and and so i believe that you're going to if if that isn't maybe it may not be in its entirety but if you have a week where okay they got the cba together and then there's a feeding frenzy for 7 to 10 days and baseball's really talked a lot about in late january because you know so and so went here and so and so went there and you know hopefully from our standpoint the rockies we're able to sign somebody that surprised everybody, that kind of thing. You you have a little bit of a bounce in your step as a fan, and you have momentum going to spring training. That's something also that can't be lost. So I'm not worried about December 1st, but I'll tell you what, when, when the calendar flips to January, uh, each day that goes by, I will have, you know, significant concern.
0: It's funny because the last time this happened, the Rockies did make a big splash in free agency, and it didn't really get its, you know, just desserts in a sense at a time. You know, people might forget when Larry Walker signed with Colorado. It was on April eighth, because you know, to your point, it was there's a, a free agent feeding frenzy where all these guys just kind of had to get to some place, and there really wasn't maybe enough time to to cover it. I'm sure it was at the time, but uh, Rocky signed Larry Walker, the best you know hitting free agent on the market, and arguably the best pitcher on the market, in Bill Swift, so. Again, we'll, we'll just kind of wait and see what happens this off season and hopefully we'll, we'll have plenty to, to cover and uh, we, we won't be too frustrated at all. And, and I know our, our members here at DNVR, uh, they're not frustrated at all, especially because they get a much larger beer when they come down to the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. You can actually become a member for just 50 cents for your first month or if you want the annual membership, you're going to get a free shirt from DNVR Locker. .com. You know we've got happy hour every day at the bar from 3 to 6, drink specials, appetizer discounts, and we've got watch parties for abs, nuggets, broncos, so much more all year long. So make sure you check us out at the DNVR.com. we always got Breck Beer on tap, the official beer of DNVR, and now we also have them as our official seltzer. That's right. It's actually called Good Company Hard Seltzer. It's available at the DNVR bar in the corner of Colfax, York and if you're not having your hard seltzers at the dnvr bar you can get a 15 can sampler at king supers costco or just about anywhere that's breckenridge breweries good company hard seltzer an easy choice for a great company and speaking of great companies we're now sponsored with snooze mattress their snooze flip is the most universal mattress on the planet it's a mattress that's designed to fit everybody's body that's right every Body. Introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress. You can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with the reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. Made by Colorado. Designed for the world. And they have a 122-year warranty to back it. Why 122? Well, the oldest person on record was 122 years old. So use code DNVR when you visit snoozemattresscompany.com. And get this, you'll receive off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base just for using code DNVR. All right, Goody, one of the newest pieces of news that also dropped, Ali Marmal, 35 years old, hired as the 51st manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. And I have to admit, that's not a name that's on was on my radar, right? It's not a name that is uh, a Tony La Russa or a a Dusty Baker or even one like Gabe Kapler, who we saw uh, part ways with Philadelphia a few years ago and, and land on his feet. And most surely has to be a unanimous manager of the year award winner this year for the job he did with the Giants. So I guess really the question is, what does it take to be a successful manager in 2021?
1: I, I think you have to have player buy-in, number one. And that's why Ali Marmol got the job. You, you have to think about St. Louis. Were they successful in, um, in 2021? Well, the first half, they were treading water. For four or five months, they treaded water. And then they went on you know, a, a, a historic run. They won 17 games in a row. And they were the talk of baseball. And they had a lot of momentum. Uh, Going into the postseason, you say, man, why, why would you change that? That was a surprise when Mike Schilt um, was let go. But given how they played down the stretch, you want continuity, right? And you want familiarity with that uh, organization. And they had it in the bench coach, Oliver Marmel. Marmel was well-respected, well-liked by uh, the team and they want to bring back that nucleus because they were successful. And so to me that wasn't a surprise. He was rumored initially to be the favorite because you want continuity off a of good team. This was somewhat of an unusual managerial change. Usually a managerial change as we all know, uh, or a coaching change, they come when you don't have success or when you didn't have the nearly the kind of success that was anticipated. Ultimately, though, the Cardinals weren't great for four-plus months. They turned out to be really good because of that, that wonderful September they had. Uh, so they believe in who they have. They have the feel-good Wainwright and Molina stories coming back. They want continuity, and that's why Marmel's there. Marmel is well-liked, well-respected. In today's game, you in baseball, you have to have a guy that's respected, but a guy that the players day in and day out like to be around. It is a sport where you're not getting a break um, from each other and from the coaching staff and from the manager. So uh, the messaging, uh, the personality, uh, the steadiness has to be there. And, uh, and so that probably was an easy decision ultimately for John Mozeliak, uh, who you know who, who runs baseball operations for the Cardinals,
0: the biggest misconception about managers, I think today, is that you know they they manage what goes on on the field, and you know that's less and less true with each day. And and as you said, it's it's about you know managing people and the the relationships that you have in, in that clubhouse, being around each other for you know one hundred eighty five. Uh, days during the regular season, that's not even including, you know, the off season and spring training. So yeah, Marmal was, was a bench coach there with St. Louis and uh, you know, this is his first time as a manager, but you know, anytime you're a coach, you know, you're managing players and you're managing a clubhouse in some capacity. And so he, he replaces, you know, his, uh, his mentor, Mike Schilt, who is, you know, initially, I think he even drafted Ali Marmal. So um, there's that relationship. And again, the way the Cardinals have done business, I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, you know, when I asked people in, in uh, 2019, you know, who's going to win the manager of the year award in the National League, people didn't know Mike Schilt's name at that time. You know, he had, he had taken over uh, for Mike Matheny, you know, partway through the 2018 season, and it was just, yeah, the Cardinals manager, just because that's, that's the way they go about it. And so for a new manager, the youngest manager right now in Major League Baseball, he should have somewhat of a seamless transition.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not like he has to have an introductory uh, news conference with his players. I mean, he had he had the press conference uh, this morning, but it, it's not like he has to walk up to any players and say, hey, by the way, he, my name's Oliver Marmel, and, and here we go, and nice to meet you, and that sort of thing. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They they wanted continuity. They feel like they have a really good thing. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll make, as all teams do, you know, tinker with their roster a little bit, but it's going to be about, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado in the middle of that lineup. And it's going to be about, you know, Tyler O'Neal and the great breakout season he had in 2021. And and a pitching staff headed up by, you know, one of the game's great senior citizens in Adam Wade, right? And, and of course, Yadier Molina for one more year behind the plate. That's what the story is about. And they recognize that uh, the Cardinals, uh, they, they also... They also didn't bring an outsider, not that an outsider wouldn't have an understanding of the history and the tradition of the Cardinals in the quote unquote Cardinal way. But this is a guy that's, that, that he's, you know, been, uh, you know he, he's been dressed in, in Cardinal tradition, having been there for a while. So uh, th- this was not a surprise.
0: He quite literally bleeds cardinal red from everything i remember from biology class Uh, you know one of the uh, the names that was floated out there by uh, ben fredrickson of the st louis post dispatch uh, sort of an outside the box name was matt holiday you know our own matt holiday is who's been serving as a volunteer assistant coach uh, with his brother over at Oklahoma State. I was going to ask you about, you know, Holiday or, or just, you know, other players in general that you think of as, you know, hey, this guy could be a future manager, whether you know they need to get their feet wet in the minors or they can, you know, jump right to the majors, kind of like a, a Ryan Sandberg did, you know, uh, a decade or so ago.
1: Yeah, Matt, I love Matt, um, and and I still, you know, keep in contact periodically with Matt, and he's been on the podcast before. Um, Specific to him, Patrick, before we delve into some other potential guys, um, is that, you know, Matt, his his oldest son, Jackson, is already committed to Oklahoma State. He's he's one of the top high school players in the country. His next son, Ethan, is also committed to Oklahoma State. As you mentioned, he's with Josh on the coaching staff. There's a family affair in Stillwater uh, because, you know, Matt's dad's there also. Why would you? You know, Matt made a, a boatload of money. You know, he and Leslie don't need any more money. So why? Why not just watch your kids grow up, work with them every day? Uh, I, I don't. I don't see that now. I mean, you know, ten years from now, eight years from now, who knows? Maybe, maybe the story will be different. But that, to me, I mean, Matt's in a perfect situation. He's back in the hometown. He's with his family, and Matt's a huge family guy. As for others, we know the trend, Patrick, and you mentioned it when you talked about, you know, Oliver Marmol, is that he's 35 years of age. The trend is Gabe Kapler, you know, not far removed from his playing days. And there is a belief that, you know, with with a, a clubhouse populated with 20 somethings and, and, and a smart, excuse me, a splattering of 30 somethings. It's OK to have a manager that's not a gray beard. Now, we know it's worked wonderfully in Houston uh, with, with Dusty, and, and uh, the White Sox had a nice year with Larusa, Russa. Uh, but there are guys that, you know, are really well thought of that. Uh, I look at Alex Cora. I, I told this story, I think, last week with you. Jim, Jim Tracy told me years ago when he was managing the Dodgers, Alex Cora's the smartest player I've ever been around. He's going to be a manager one day. didn't take him long. This this thought where you had to go through, all right, you gotta go manage down an A ball, then you gotta coach, be a roving instructor, then manage again and maybe double A and and you know, work your way up and, and then we're fifty-seven, maybe you get a chance to manage. Uh, no more. Um, you know, I, I think on the Rockies, I'm I'm just thinking out loud with you to your question, you know, who would make a good manager down the road? Um you know, I, I throw that question out there, and now I'm trying to answer it in the same breath that I that I ask it. Um, you know, if he wanted to, the first name that kind of pops up, believe it or not, and you usually don't think of pitchers. Though Bud Black's been a tremendous manager, um, is Scott Oberg because he's, he's so bright, uh, he's likable, he's exceptionally articulate. Uh, you know, I I think of a guy like that. Um, but there's a, there's a host of guys that I think will be able to do it.
0: Yeah. Rockies have, obviously have a, a lot, you know, younger group of, of guys who are still just kind of in the early stages of their career. So um still learning the game uh, if you will. And yeah, there's, there's always those candidates. It's always interesting to go back and, and look to see, Oh, wow. You know, this guy play like Alex Cora, as you said, you know, he, he played in the 2007 world series against the rockies and uh and you know to your point about about the older managers even brian Snitker at 66 years old for atlanta you know and and they did it on two different tracks whereas dusty baker of course you know was a a star in the majors um had some some fantastic seasons as a player you know almost immediately jumped into becoming a manager 12th most wins of all time so he's Destined for the Hall of Fame, even if Houston doesn't win the World Series this year. Whereas Brian Snitker, he never played in the majors. You know, I think he only had a cup of coffee at AAA, uh, then had to, you know, manage in the minors. Was a hitting instructor. You know, did all of those little things before finally getting his big break. And now, you know, those guys are kind of the exception to the rule at this point. And you know, I, I think managing the people is huge. And then also, I think. Working with analytics like that, you know, that's obviously a big part of the game in 2021 and, and going forward. Um, and so, you know, you, you have to evolve with the game in, in so many, so many ways.
1: I, I think um, that the guys that you see on the field that you and I watch and fans watch today and say, hey, who will be a manager potentially, you know, three to five years from now? Somewhere in that window, it's going to be typically um, a role player. Star players, well played. And they're all well paid, but you know what I mean. The the guy that, you know, makes 150 million, the likelihood that they're gonna go and and stand on the top step of a dugout, I think, is a little bit more remote than the guy that did nicely and you know had a six, seven year career, maybe longer than that, and spent five years in the minor leagues, you know, a Stephen Vogt comes to mind, he's had a long career now, but probably, you know, he, he was an all-star for a little bit with Oakland and now he's a role player. He's a catcher. Catchers, uh, you know, typically very cerebral. They have to, you know, see eight other guys and what they're doing and handle the pitching staff. So we've seen a lot of catchers transition to uh, becoming managers, but it's more to me kind of that type of player, like a Steven Vogt. Uh, who becomes a manager one day, say then, you know, I'll take a guy off that Atlanta roster like Freddie Freeman down the road. I mean, Freddie Freeman is super well-liked and, uh, you know, I think has really good leadership characteristics. Uh, But, you know, is is Freddie Freeman going to want to, you know, put that kind of time in when he, you know, is already made, but by the time he retires, whatever it is, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars, probably not. And it's harder for those
0: star players to explain how to be successful because it was almost very innate in them. I mean, Barry Bonds, you know, he's he's got his his own issues besides uh, uh, just trying to articulate how to be a good hitter. But, you know, lasted for one year with, with the Marlins, and, you know, that was a fun little experiment. Um, you know, Alex Rodriguez is another one of those guys who's, you know, does a good job, you know, analytically in the booth as a commentator, but – you know, it, it's harder for some of those players who it it came natural to them almost to an great degree. Whereas the like you said, maybe those role players, those utility players, catchers, where they're doing more things behind the scenes in order to stay in the game, and they can notice that in other players. I mean, one of the one of the brightest stars in in the Rockies organization, coaching wise, is Warren Schaefer. Is a, who's a guy who, you know, uh, topped out at, at AAA and has kind of worked his way up. And, and now he's, you know, the manager for the Isotopes uh, down there in the the formerly Pacific Coast League. And, you know, young guy, utility player, and just a great coach, great manager. And it's 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 a lot easier to explain it if it's not natural to you because you've had to figure it out behind the scenes on your own.
1: You know, I think that you have to have played to a certain degree. And the fact that Warren Shapers, you use him as an example, Patrick, the fact that he played professional baseball for a long period of time, he's going to have some street cred in a clubhouse. This is not somebody who's you know, just looking at it analytically or, you know, I, I've studied the game, but I never played it one iota. That That's a little tougher sell to a player. But most players in the big leagues realize, yeah, they're very unique that they got there and they're more open minded than ever before. You didn't uh, I I can listen to your thoughts and theories on, you know, a, a, an approach at the plate on the mechanics of a swing, on the mechanics of a delivery. Um, and because you weren't, uh, you know, Sandy Koufax or Barry Bonds does not mean that you are eliminated from being able to help me as a player and i think most um athletes in any sport recognize that today you don't you, you didn't have to be a superstar to be able to speak the language and teach and uh, so it, it kind of widens the the scope of, from which you can reach and, and then to your point about you know great players sometimes hey it was easy for me sort of thing they're also, you know, Barry Bonds, I've heard this from many people, not only the greatest hitter I've ever seen, um, if, and I always have to, you know, put the qualification, forget the, the steroid stuff. He just, and if you ask people in baseball, they all say the same thing. He also uh, was brilliant in being able to talk hitting and, and teach hitting. And so that's why, you know, you saw him as a hitting instructor. However, does Barry Bonds, who has a lot of money. Does he want to go to the ballpark at noon every day and stay till eleven thirty at night, day after day after day? You know, probably not. Even though he's really good at talking, hitting, and teaching hitting, probably not. So you have to remember that dynamic or that part of the equation, also.
0: Different strokes for different folks, and, and indeed, and we know our Nuggets guys—they love getting to the arena crazy early and staying crazy late over there at Ball Arena. And you know, hey, we love companies like Ball trying to save the world because Ball Aerospace and Technology has been practicing diversity and inclusion for years while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. You're free to be your authentic self over at Ball. And once you work there, there's lots of groups for you to join to represent your unique background. If you wanna meet people, reach new career heights, get support. Ball supports groups like the Society of Women Engineers and many others. And right now, they're actually looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a long time. It's why they're an iconic brand. They're doing big things at Ball, and you can be part of something bigger than yourself by texting GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. 222, then take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity by always putting their borrowers first. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices, going up, it's creating a natural equity in your home. And if you've got mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that. Make the bubble work for you. They also have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Call Virginia directly at 303-257-6500. Seven, eight, or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 193 And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number one nine one zero six three one. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump in on. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. If they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that easy. And that rewarding, DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR because new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Houston Astros are currently favored over Atlanta. They got home field advantage. Goody, I got Houston winning it in six and... I think all of us have pretty much been wrong this entire off season, so might as well just throw that out there because I'm, I'm sure that that probably puts the jinx on Houston and Atlanta will win. But I, I'm going to take the Astros in six. Who you got?
1: Um, I'm I'm going to take Houston and I'm going to take them in seven. Uh, I, I think that it's been a it's been a wild postseason. It's been an exciting postseason. I had the Dodgers originally over Tampa. So that's how smart I am. Uh, <laughs> Same the Dodgers. Kind of, it's kind of fascinating. I want to talk to you about that in a moment, but, um, you don't look at either pitching staff and say, wow, man, it, it, there's going to be bullpen games in the world series. Atlanta lines up, you know, uh, Max Freed, who, you know, wasn't great in his last outing. You have, uh, you have Anderson in there. Uh they're, I don't know. It, it, I, it, do they say hot with the bats? That can they match can they match Houston's lineup? Because I like Houston's lineup top to bottom better than I like Atlanta. Atlanta's when they're hot, scary. They can slug. But day in and day out, that Houston lineup, they spit on bad pitches, they take their walks. Uh, they have, you know, a lot of tough outs. Uh, as they know from Valdez will lead their rotation. I I just think it's going to be close. I think, I think it'll be fun. I think there'll be the unexpected. There always is, but you know, if I have to, if I have to, you know, pick somebody, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take Houston like you did. And I'll say, it's going to go, you know, it's going to go seven games.
0: A classic one in the world series. And you know, Atlanta, they've, they've got a lineup that can support a DH, you know, typically with these NL teams. And that's been one of the disadvantages that national league clubs have is they don't have like a true DH. So they play the American league ballpark and, you know, they, they've just have to have their, their best bench bat be their DH. And, you know, Atlanta will be able to use Jorge, Jorge Soler, but the the real name, the, the first guy I, I really want to talk to you about is Tyler Matzik, man. He's, he's been the darling, whether you're a Rockies fan or otherwise, a lot of people are coming around on his story and just rooting for him, and it's just been so wonderful to see him have the success he's been having for the last two years, and in particularly the 2021 postseason.
1: Yeah, I, I'm really excited about when, when Atlanta not, – Not this is going to sound funny. I'm excited when Atlanta was going to get eliminated because I had a long conversation with uh, Tyler late in the year when Atlanta was in town and uh was in their dugout and and we talked about his journey and he was really forthcoming about you know what he's gone through and you know, spreading the word to you know younger players not only professional players but kids as well uh, about overcoming uh, you know the mental anguish he went through in the yips just like Daniel Bard and it used to be thought of when he had Steve Last disease, you, you were never going to get back. And now uh, we've seen with the Rockies what Daniel Bard's done. Now, Tyler Matson from afar, who's a former Rocky, who, who's become dominant uh, as a pen arm. And uh, first and foremost, I'm thrilled for him. I'm excited for him, as I was for Daniel Bard. I know Tyler a little bit from way back. Um, he said, hey, I want to come on your show and, and talk about it. And so we're going to do that on, on a future podcast when the season was over. Uh, now they they find themselves in the World Series and in large part they're in the World Series because of what he did against the Dodgers in those two innings of work where he, you know, he inherited a tough situation. He strikes outside, as we all witnessed, and, and then the uh, the spotless uh, eighth inning and setting it up for Will Smith. Uh, it's a great story. Uh, personally, he's a good guy. You're thrilled for him. and. Um, that that's one of the things that makes sports attractive when we see guys overcome obstacles. Yeah. So wonderful. Still just only
0: just recently turned 31 years old. So we, we hope he has, you know, a, a long career and he's, he's got to figure it out because man, he's, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. You know, going back over to the Houston side uh, on the podcast I recorded for Monday, I, I sort of, had to be a judge, jury and executioner uh, in a sense and talk about both sides for fans who maybe don't want to root for Atlanta, which I think we understand why and fans that don't want to root for Houston because of the cheating scandal. And so it's been a couple of years. Um, a lot of players have come out and said, well, you know, they maybe weren't the the only perpetrators of this and and other teams were – cheating and whatnot. And, you know, there's only really four main players that have stuck around from that club. And, you know, they've been, they've been dragged through the mud and, you know, there's plenty of of innocent bystanders, if you will, on that club. Does it, does it feel like, you know, they've, they've served their penance in some way? And I I don't know, there's any, any real way. There's always going to be someone who's not satisfied because, you know, there the punishment didn't seem as severe as as the crime, but now that some time has gone by and, and we know more than we did, you know, back in January of twenty twenty, is you know can we can we put the cheating scandal behind us a little bit? Is that
1: crazy to think about? I hope so. I'm not big on on the death penalty for everything, right? Um in that There was a penalty, and it was an ongoing penalty for those players, particularly in 2021 when there were fans back in the stands. So when the Altuve's and the Correa's and the Bregman's went to the plate outside of Houston, Texas, in Minute Maid Field, they heard it from the fans. And and they'll probably continue to hear it from fans uh, at some level throughout the entirety of their careers. And so that's a, a punishment, I suppose, of sorts. I believe that you move on, um, on most things, not all things, but I believe on some things you got to move on or many things you have to move on. I've moved on from this. I don't believe that they were the only ones I think it's naive to think that what they were the only ones who said, Hey, from a technological standpoint, we can probably record the catcher signs and communicate that to our hitter some way in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and you alluded to it a moment ago. I know Chris Bassett came out and, and say hey, they weren't the only ones, and, and there'll probably be some other people uh, down the road. I, I look at other stories. First of all, people have to realize, do your homework. There's only, what is there, Patrick, four guys left, three or four guys left from that 2017 Houston team, and they've all demonstrated that they were really good before, and they're really good after, right? It's not like Jose Altuve's horseshit now or or Bregman or Correa, right? We know they're really good. I love the story of Dusty Baker. They needed an adult in the room to take over. That's not a knock at A.J. Hinch. I really like A.J. Hinch uh, personally, but they needed somebody in the aftermath to come in there and calm the waters and be able to handle the media scrutiny and and manage that club. And Dusty, as he's always on, uh, you know, has been perfect. And and so I root for Dusty Baker. Uh, I'm not rooting against Houston because of what happened. Um, and in the case of Atlanta, you know, I can remove the, the politics of a, of a state. And, uh, and no matter how I, am, I may feel and say, wait, Freddie Freeman, um, Ozzie Albies. I root for people, man. In my interactions, I don't know those guys well at all. Um, But my interactions with those guys, really good guys, easy to root for from an athletic standpoint. I adore Walt Weiss. Think the world of Walt. Walt's a friend. I want to see Walt Weiss do well. So I don't, you know, from afar, I just want to see good baseball. I think there's a lot of good people on both sides.
0: Yeah, great people on on both sides. And I love that idea that yeah, the death penalty isn't isn't necessary for for everything. And, you know, shoot, yeah, these guys are millionaires, and they're making a lot of money. So it, it still doesn't mean they're not going to have problems. It still doesn't mean they're not going to be punished. I mean, I, I think back to, you know, Roger Maris in 1961. Innocent bystander, did has done nothing wrong, and yet his hair was falling out under the stress of, you know, chasing Babe Ruth. And, you know, Cal Ripken, when he was going through his streak, I think he had some... Uh, follicle issues or maybe he was just going white rather than it falling out whatever and and so we don't know those things behind the scenes the you know the remorse that Altuve Bregman Guriel, Correa you know what what they feel and the impact that it might be having on their mental health and stuff and and we'll never know it's it's not our uh it's not our right to to know what that is and so you're right I think we we kind of just need to move on from it it's going to be a part of their story it's it's like you said hey they were great before and hey they're they're playing great right now sounds a lot like the steroid era to talk about bonds talk about Clemens. hey they were great before they did something they shouldn't have they were great after well that's going to be all part of their story and you know maybe their their real penance will will come later on down the line when you know they come they come up for the hall of fame and you know they're not able to join that you know prestigious club in cooperstown
1: yeah i, I, I there will be certain uh parts of that in terms of their penalty that will be ongoing, uh, I do think that if fast forward ahead and Jose Altuve's numbers suggest that he's All of Famer, I mean down the road when when the whole book is written, I I would hope that that does not ultimately uh, keep him out. But may we'll find out, we'll find out. I I do think also that as time goes by, there will be a different. Um, investigation of the numbers on some of the guys that have been associated with the steroid era or linked to steroids and we take a step back a little further and say wait a second okay you know but but was this guy still hall of famer i mean roger clemens i mean i don't want to debate the whole thing now barry bonds you know they're all for me they're all they're hall of fame guys uh let me say their numbers were Hall of Fame. Let me not say they're Hall of Fame guys. I don't know. There's that that goes to something else, right? There's probably some unsavory. We know there's some unsavory characters that uh, have found themselves with a bust in Cooperstown, are probably the same thing for every Hall of Fame, um, and even beyond sports, right? There's people who are in civic Hall of Fame. that if they dug deep, you'd say, "Ooh, do we really want this guy in there?" So, I mean, that's a whole—that's a whole other conversation. But I, I'm not one of those people to warm to the conclusion at this point. That Sarah goes, I'm never rooting for the Houston Astros because of what happened, you know, four years ago. That's—that's uh, that's just not how I uh, roll on this particular subject.
0: We're—we're we're all definitely rooting for seven games in, in the World Series because yeah, it's that's that's always listen, fun,
1: man. We got to do a lot more moving on in life, right? we we got to go, okay, we debated this. We talked about it. um, And and we can agree to disagree, but let's move on. And we're all baseball fans. Certainly, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a baseball fan. Uh, You know, if you listen to my podcast, uh, you're a baseball fan. And and I want to see good baseball, as we've seen throughout most of the postseason. And uh, and I hope it's entertaining, uh, even if it does not include the two teams most uh, or many thought would be there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know too many folks who thought it was going to be atlanta and houston in, in the uh in the world series but it is and i look forward to being entertained drew goodman podcast last week you had on chris forbes
0: nice little teaser we're, we're gonna be everyone's gonna be waiting with bated breath to hear about the Tyler matic episode when that drops so that that's gonna do some good numbers here uh as we kind of wait for the postseason to to end i'm not sure if you've got a guest for this week but you know, doing the doing the Drew Goodman podcast, you know, how, how much fun has that been for you? Because again, people know you mostly from, you know, broadcasts and Rockies games. And I think they're getting to see a, a different side of you. That's been really wonderful. They've been taking to that and enjoying the podcast. How much do you enjoy doing something that's a little bit different than you know your day job, as it were?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that question, Patrick. I, I enjoy it immensely. Um, because it, it gives you a chance to you know, let your hair down a little bit more, uh, you know, reveal a little bit more of your personality. Uh, I've always enjoyed the long form interview from way back. It is something that uh, I was enamored with when I listened to a good long form interview, I still seek that out on other podcasts. You know, I listen to Rob Lowe's podcast. He does a lot of really unique interviews. Willie Geist has a really good podcast and it's interview based and it's something that i enjoy having conversations with interesting people and i think if i'm interested and i'm engaged then then hopefully the listener is as well and um so yeah it's it's fun to do it's it's a joy to do and and this week uh, i I've, I've been sitting on this one patrick i think i teased it a couple of weeks ago with you um, I've been sitting on it for a while until they either won a world championship or were or were eliminated. Well, they were eliminated. So Albert Pujols, a conversation I had late in the season, is going to be uh, the guest this week on, on the Drew Goodman podcast. And, you know, you talk about an historic career. We were talking about the Hall of Fame a moment ago. He's a slam the gavel down first ballot Hall of Famer. He is uh, in the penthouse of Hall of Famers. There's, I think, there's like this little secret code, where you can get into the, um, you know, the, the the penthouse that only a handful of guys are able to reside in. He can get that, that, uh, you know, that secret handshake and that code because he is among the greatest of the greatest. It's a, you know, it's a fun conversation with Albert. Uh, Albert's a, a loquacious sort when you get him in the in the right space and my goodness he's had one heck of a career and uh he was you know he's enjoyed his time in l.a and we'll see if he comes back for another year whether it's in l.a or or somewhere else uh, you know he was productive in a dodger uniform but uh he'll be on he'll be on this week big
0: get that's a big one that's exciting i'm i'm definitely looking forward to, to hearing about that because yeah he uh, he's definitely had a, a second life or a second breath of, of fresh air with the Dodgers. I mean, I was shocked when they picked him up and said, all right, maybe this is just a little experiment for the time being. But, you know, he was good. They they were able to deploy him just right. And, you know, should the universal DH come to the National League? Now you got 15 other suitors that could pet, potentially say, yeah, you know what, uh, we, we wouldn't mind you having our city or our team on a on a Hall of Fame plaque at some point. Sure, it's going to be at the bottom with uh, St. Louis and, and the Los Angeles Angels. Towards the top, but still, the, the the Gaia is is just an intriguing uh, player with just a fantastic career. So that's oh, that's a must listen this week on the Drew Goodman podcast.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, and we'll you know we'll talk a little bit about World Series. We'll talk a little bit about the um, you know what went wrong with the Dodgers, and I, and I'll tell you this, Patrick, just overall very quickly, the Dodgers had. The best talent, the best roster in baseball, and arguably maybe the greatest roster I've seen. I know Dave Roberts felt like it was the best he'd ever seen, and other people in baseball um, felt from afar that was the best roster uh, ever. It just shows you how difficult it is to win in sports at the highest level, particularly baseball. So the Dodgers, off a run of what is it, Patrick? They won eight straight division titles, and then they went 106 games, and they finish you know, a game uh, behind the Giants, and during that run, they'll have won one world championship. During the 14-year run, and this will get played out quite a bit over the next, you know, 10 days or so, the Atlanta Braves, between 91 and and 2005, whatever that period was, where they were 14 straight division titles, 14 in a row. Three Hall of Famers leading the pitching staff for most of that period with Glavin and Maddox and Smoltz, right? And Chipper Jones in the middle of the lineup, one of the greats of all time, right? They won one world championship in 95. That's it. It's hard to win. This Dodger team, this Dodger, you know, National League dynasty over the last eight, nine years, they'll have won one title. Now, you know they're going to be in the mix again next year. But just looking back over the last eight, nine years, one time they the last one standing. And that was in a 60 game truncated season.
0: You you stole the words right out of my mouth at the end. Yeah, it, it kind of comes with somewhat of an of an asterisk even at that. So yeah, it's uh that's why we love the game. That's why they play the games. Well, goody, thanks again as always for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Drew Goodman42. Make sure you download and subscribe to The Drew Goodman podcast dropping every Thursday morning. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to us five days a week, as always. So for DNVR Sports and DNVR Rockies, he's Drew Goodman. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you for tuning into the DNVR Rockies podcast. folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush
1: with Green Mountain Dental Group, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.